0: So when I say Bug Nuts Crazy, yes, gory, but in a way that I would be shocked if you were upset at all by it. Let me Mm. put it that way.
1: Okay, now I'm intrigued.
0: Once again, we are going with a sequel, but that's okay because the first movie doesn't matter. Um, Because the first movie gets recapped in the first five to ten minutes of this movie.
1: Excellent. I love when they do that. Yeah.
0: It is one of the best early works by a guy who went on to direct super blockbusters, Mm. and It's also a prime example of some really wild special effects. It's a fun watch, it's a wild ride, and it feels like everybody in it, maybe not having a fun, fun time, but uh, it looks like it was a lot of fun for at least one person. Okay, Kay, have you seen Evil Dead 2?
1: Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening.
0: Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again.
1: Now. From the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2.
0: Uh, swallow your soul!
1: Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn.
0: Okay, welcome back to K. Have You Seen? The movie podcast you should never Ever play out loud with an earshot of a creepy old book in a cabin in the woods. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Don't say you weren't warned.
1: Especially not backwards.
0: Not no. Never play it backward, no matter where you are. You don't You've never know warned. what's gonna happen. Uh of course, my name is Kyle. I'm Kari. And uh thank you so much for joining us. Before we get into the podcast proper, just a Friendly reminder, don't forget to uh, rate and review us if you uh, like what you hear. Obviously, we'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast here. And uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at K Have you seen? We'd like to uh, keep everyone updated as uh, to the, what's new in the land of our, uh, of our wonderful uh, movie discussions. So, um, yes, without further ado, our movie of the day is Evil Dead 2, occasionally with the subtitle Dead by Dawn.
1: Oh, okay. Yes.
0: Um, and I, I'm going to open this up before, you, Kari, you get into your synopsis of the film. I am going to openly acknowledge that I may have undersold how crazy this movie was, which I'll, 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 I'll wait for your response here. But uh, yeah, I, I, may, I may not have emphasized quite how insane this movie was in, when, I, when I pitched it to you. Uh, I
1: mean, I honestly, as I was watching it, was thinking like he did tell me. He told me it was bug nuts. <laughs> like I'm, we will dive in depth. But sure. yeah, I, I felt I felt appropriately warned. Okay, I just hadn't good, taken you as seriously. I think when I was thinking about it, I was thinking much more like, just like a crazy kind of, uh, I don't know, like hostile or something like where it's just like, oh. what's happening? Ugh, like this is gross. Who would think of this? But it was much more just like. What, what, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll get into it. it,
0: of course. But would you be so kind as to let us know, for those who may not have seen this movie or know anything about it, um, what this movie is all about.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, um, Ash and his girlfriend Linda uh, find an old abandoned cabin in the woods... Not sure how they knew it was there since it was, I was at the beginning of the movie kind of thinking it was like an Airbnb situation. Right, yeah. <laughs> but they get there and it's not theirs. It's some old abad- abandoned cabin that they somehow knew was there even though it like belongs to someone, like someone owns that cabin. Um, and the first night they find a uh, recording of the professor who owns the cabin reading from uh, the Book of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of questions to come about the difference between the Necromicon and the Book of the Dead. Like, all the same thing?
0: All the same thing. Okay. Um, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis or something like that, I think yeah, is what it's called? Yeah,
1: something, something. It was pr- it was a good name, but does not stick in your head. <laughs> um, so, he plays a recording of the professor reading from that, which awakens some demons from the forest that possesses girlfriend. He quickly kills and decapitates his girlfriend, all in the same motion, and... Uh, Chaos ensues. Demons come out of the woods. He has to survive the night, and uh, three strangers show up, and they must all survive or go crazy together.
0: And it's important to recognize that until that last like half sentence, what you were describing happened in the first like three and a half minutes of screen time. So Yes.
1: This movie wastes no time. It has very little plot and it gets through it extremely quickly. Very
0: fast. It's like alright now we got that out of the way and Just, everything. <laughs> it's
1: a haunted house from here on out.
0: It, the, possibly the most haunted house. Yes. Um, the most concise synopsis that I found on IMDB Uh, is as follows. The lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh-possessing spirits holes up in a cabin with a group of strangers while the demons continue their attack. That's basically the movie. That's
1: the well, essence right there. We can, just, we can right close there. the book
0: right now and, and, and pack it up and, and let's get out of here yeah. that's the whole movie.
1: I would argue we never should have opened the book. Why do people <laughs> open books and play recordings of things that do not belong to them? Sp- specifically
0: books that appear to be bound with a human face.
1: Yeah. yeah. Strange. Although I did, I think one of my favorite mo- moments from the movie was when the book like animates at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. The effects, I just really like them. But Okay. We will dive deep.
0: Well, sure. And uh, in broad strokes, I mean, what did you think of this movie? Again, I, I kind of went into this. I know you mentioned it a few times, like, you'll recommend a movie, start watching it, and think, oh, no, Kyle's going <laughs> to hate this. I didn't quite have that reaction, uh, but I was prepared for that possibility. Yeah,
1: I want to know what you thought I was going to think Yeah, of
0: this. I thought your reaction was going to either be like, all right, I'm down with this, and, like, roll with all the craziness, or... You're gonna see the first geyser of blood and be like, "I'm out. No thanks. This is not for me."
1: (laughs) Uh, I did. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's the same thing we were talking about with the labyrinth. Like when you are down, when you subscribe to whatever the movie is like, positing for you, it's it's enjoyable. Like it it was definitely weird. I definitely want to talk about like how it became popular Mm -hmm. and how popular it really is, but. I did. I The overall experience is so unique that I did enjoy it. I, I realized, like, as soon as I started the movie, I realized I actually did have some fil- familiarity with this because of the series, which is out now, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Right, yeah. Which I honestly only know because we do some work with stars. Right. And so I know it literally have some of their <laughs> yes, yeah. branding right here. But... Uh,
0: she just set up a, a tissue box with Bruce Campbell's face on it. Yeah. Among other stars. stars. I, just,
1: yeah. I just realized that he has been staring at me this whole time. So <laughs> I did know this more than I let on from the last pitch. But yeah, uh, we will dive into it. I don't know that this is one that I would like go back and watch a million times over. But I think mm-hmm. in the right mood, I would maybe suggest this one. This would be a fun one to just like put on. And talk over. That anything. is exactly
0: what I was about to say. Like, it is a perfect movie to play in the background at a party.
1: Uh, yes. Like a Halloween totally. party? Like,
0: it's a movie that you can put on start to finish. There are almost no low points in the action. So you can just, like, have it on basically on a loop if you wanted to for yeah. your Halloween party background. Yeah.
1: Totally. So when did you first see this, and when do you watch it now?
0: So um, as we've discussed many times on this show, I was, for many, many years when I was younger, and to a certain extent still am, really interested in movies that I just haven't seen. Like, I just like to learn about what other movies are out there. And that was especially exciting when I was younger, and I hadn't seen most of the movies that I now (laughs) really like. So... um, I just remember hearing about this series, Evil Dead, because this is the second of a three-movie um, series, and I had heard about the Evil Dead movies in you know movie magazines that showed up on like listicles in Entertainment Weekly and other dumb magazines that I used to read when I was a kid and I just wanted movie news. Um, but it would come up every once in a while, and then when I was in high school, um, I mentioned this during our Shaun of the Dead episode that my friends and I were really into zombie movies for whatever reason. And this one, for some reason, sometimes got lumped in as a zombie movie, even though it's not really. Mm-hmm. So I, we rented the first one, which is very different, and we will talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, but I liked it enough that I went and watched the second one, and they're so different. And I, when I saw the first one, I was like, this is just weird, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I'm still kind of engrossed by it emphasis on gross, but um yes. then I watched then I watched the second one. I watched the second one and I was like, this is wild. This is like my brand right now. So I, I just immediately kinda like fell under its its spell more or less. It's like it's like if you hear a band that you really like for the first time, mm-hmm. you might hear their first album and be like, this is not my favorite, but okay, I'm into this. Let's see what else they got. And then, like, you hear another uh, album by them, and you're like, "Yeah, they they got it figured out here. Yeah. I like this a lot." That's okay. kind of what it was here. And there is like a certain like kind of punk rock aesthetic to this whole thing, like heavy metal, punk rock kind of do do yeah. it yourself aesthetic to these this movie and its predecessor. Not as much in its follow up, but that was something I kind of latched onto as well because that was something that I was really interested at the time. Also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with like the do-it-yourself ethic of the production, mm-hmm. um which was even stronger in the first movie. And just in general, it's like it is still one of the craziest movies I have ever seen in just being in terms of just being so outrageous and inventive and completely free of any kind of conventional limitations. Yeah. Um it follows almost no rules at all.
1: Yeah, I like really think this If you were to, like, write out the plot points, there's probably three. Mm -hmm. Like, there is... Plot is not the point here, and you touched on it, but this is what I want to talk about with this episode is the canon. It's so strange that a movie like this would be the second of three and be so clearly part of a series. It's not like, oh, like, you know, the first one was such a hit, we're going to make another one. It's Mm -hmm. like this, they knew there was at least going to be a third. I don't know if yeah. they knew they were that there was going to be a second. But I want to talk about, like, I think the punk rock ex- aesthetic, like, it, that's exactly the right words for it. And... I, there's something dissonant, I guess about the tone and the way this is and then having it be part of a series. Yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Totally. And I agree with you 100%. So very briefly to run down what this series is in in broad strokes, and I'll open up to questions of uh, very shortly. but like so the first movie was made by basically children. Like these guys were like in college at the time. Um, first of all, to set it up, Bruce Campbell, the actor, was friends with the director. Sam Raimi, who went on to direct Spider-Man.
1: The best of the su- Spider-Man yes. series, we will say. The Tobey Maguire the Toby Spider-Man. The Tobey Maguire
0: Spider-Man's. Spider-Man? Spider-Man's?
1: Spider-Man's. Uh, was it all three? Or just the first He directed at least the first
0: two? two. I think okay. the third one as well, and possibly the fourth one. I, I'm not positive. I think he directed all of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I think there's Spider-Man only three movies. Tobey Maguires, right? Was there only th- was there three? I think.
1: Wasn't Venom the third one? And then they moved on to the like Andrew uh, Garfield ones, right.
0: I believe. I, that could be correct. Ooh. Didn't do our show Fact research checker. that way. Um, but anyhow, yeah, Sam Raimi, long before he essentially launched the modern wave of superhero movies with Spider-Man in 2002, he was just a little baby filmmaker in Michigan making movies with his friends and they scraped together enough money um, to create a horror movie out in the woods in Tennessee and uh, they found this dilapidated cabin Um, and they made this movie called The Evil Dead on a tiny shoestring budget in, like, 1979, I think, and then that was released in, like, 81, um, and then finally got a wide release in, like, 83, and it was brutal. Like, this movie is not funny. It's not, like, it's not lighthearted. It's just grim and brutal, and there is... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There is a scene that is infamous where a woman gets dragged out of the cabin by tree tentacles and gets violated by a tree. Like, it is very, very... It's it's still just as crazy as this one, but, like, did not have the the sense of humor at all. It's so that tree like cuz the tree thing kind of happens but it's not like it's much more explicit at all
1: sexual in nature yeah, she just it's... gets like attacked by a tree
0: but all that being said and that's just the violence is much more kind of explicit but it's even lower of a budget i mean they were really just going for it and their whole intent was to get attention and it worked mm. um they got a um they got a pull quote from stephen king for it which went on oh. the poster Stephen King saw it and thought it was great. Uh-huh. Um, and so that kind of got all of them into Hollywood more or less in the early, early days. Um, fun fact the Cohen brothers were uh, PAs on that production. No way. Because they oh, were friends. Was this was like a few years before they made their debut film, and they were friends with Sam Raimi also. And so they worked together. Um, but anyway, so that's the first movie. Mm-hmm the plot generally is recapped in the beginning of this film.
1: Okay, pause. First question. This, okay, hearing that background, this feels a little bit to me like someone, also me, who doesn't really know about a lot about art history mm-hmm. and sees a piece in a museum and thinks like, why did that get chosen as art? That's, so why did that movie get launched their careers? I, I feel like something that's really delightful about the second movie is that it feels very homemade, mm-hmm. like any group of friends making a horror film. And that's why it's great, but it only works if you know that these people are already kind of hmm. established. Like okay. if you I feel like if I had experienced this as like someone's horror movie this being the sequel not the first one so I don't know like what that one had that was that made it so special Mm -hmm. but I guess that's my question is like what what would you see in that or in this movie that makes you think like this is incredible
0: so for me personally I think it's a little bit different than like what made it successful in the early 80s when it first came out and I think that when I see it Again, I, I am so struck by how inventive it is by, like I said, it's made by basically children. Like, mm-hmm. I think they were all like 19, 20, 21 years old at the time when they made this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, again. Yep. Um,
1: Which was made about five years before uh, the sequel. Seven or,
0: was, years, seven, year, seven or eight years. Seven or eight years before.
1: It was released in 81, I think, but it was yeah, probably... it was shot
0: in like 79. Sure. Um, and so when I see it, what I see is like a really stellar use of extremely limited resources to make something that is totally original, mm-hmm. not necessarily pleasant to watch, but it is super unique and okay. really creative, and it shows that the people involved clearly have a lot of talent that, you know, if given the proper resources and support, it can do something great. Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. But, um... Of which there are
1: only three, just to confirm. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, at least
1: with Tom McGuire, obviously they're
0: like right. And the same Raimi correct. directed all three, I, I believe. Yes. Okay, yep, that's okay. Correct. So yeah, um, his his Spider-Man trilogy. Um, now, in the early '80s, I think one of the reasons why it became successful enough to launch careers and gain enough traction to get a sequel made was because at that time, I'm not a huge horror film scholar, mm-hmm. but. I know that after Halloween came out in 1978, between 78 and like 82, there were dozens of slasher movies coming out every year. Mm -hmm. Like practically every month during that period there was a new one coming out. And so I think that this movie came along at a time when people who were horror fans were being super saturated with slasher movies, most of which weren't even that good By their standards, Uh and they see something new and inventive, and they're like, "Whoa, what is this?" Uh Um, Home video market probably had a huge hand in it. You know, uh, this was around the time where uh, rent video rentals could bring movies that were box office failures or just didn't get a lot of box office screen, a lot of theater screens, Mm -hmm. and turn them into modest to uh, moderate successes. And I think that's probably what happened with this one. Um, And then. It just as a bit of a bit of trivia to kind of continue with the story have you ever heard of the video nasties no so in the early 80s the uk the government of the uk banned a list of videos from being display from being um displayed or sold, or rented, or made available in the UK, Whoa. Um, and this was, and Evil Dead 1 was uh, one of those movies, so it was one of the so video nasties. it exploded nasties. on
1: the black market.
0: It became Suddenly notorious. everyone wants it. It becomes notorious, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and by the way, if you don't know the story of the video nasties, it is pretty interesting, mm-hmm. so I highly recommend you look into it. I'm not Does an expert on it. Did the government call
1: it the video nasties? It sounds that, like you're just asking, like, became, punk rock 80s yeah, teens to, like, devour these
0: movies. I don't remember what the official term for it was. It was much more clinical. But yeah, they became popularly known in the media as the video nasties. Um, UK media being what it is. They latch onto catchy slogans and things. So um, (laughs) yeah, the video nasties. Yeah. most of the movies on it, by the way, on that list, not very good. they just not well-regarded, <laughs> not very good. They're just trashy. I'm sure
1: they got a significant bump from being on that list, though. Exactly. You would have died Absolutely. unknown. I am
0: positive that there's at least one podcast floating around where they just go through the video nasties. And if there's not, there should be. There should be. Um, we'll give you
1: that one for free.
0: Because <laughs> I want to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's the that that's the background for the original film. Mm -hmm. So then they kind of take that formula where they had like, I want to say like five or six people in this cabin, and they distill it down to just Ash and his girlfriend, and they take the entire scenario of the first film, more or less. So this is almost like a sequel/slash remake.
1: Okay, that's another question I had. I was seeing that that they it wasn't, it was kind of known as a remake, but it's not. It's a sequel. Obviously, it's Evil Dead 2. There were some issues with like showing scenes from the old film? Yeah. Some rights issues there. And I didn't realize at least what I was reading, again, not having seen the first mm-hmm. one, more of this I think was a recap than I realized watching this mm-hmm. as an independent film. So how much of this movie was from the first movie? And do you know like why what went on there between remake sure. and sequel?
0: So the storyline for the original, the basic plot is different from this one in the it's it, or similar, in I guess. The basic plot of the first movie is that Ash and his friends, so like a group of like five of them or so, they come to this cabin in the woods, they end up becoming, individuals become possessed occasionally after playing this tape mm-hmm. um, in, that they find in the basement. Um, they play, or something, or, no, it's not in the basement, whatever, it doesn't matter, that's cabin in the woods. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, find this, they find this tape, they play the tape, Spirits come around, come alive, start possessing people. Um, it ends up there. There's there's a situation where Ash has to go down into the basement where the professor's possessed wife had been trapped, just like in 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 Evil Dead 2. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was that he had to go down there for, but he, he has to go down there for some reason. And uh, by the end of the movie, uh, the last shot of the film is the camera rushing in toward Ash's face, which happens at around the four to five minute mark in Evil Dead 2. So some of the events from Evil Dead 1 are sprinkled throughout Evil Dead 2, but the general idea that he is the last survivor of basically this demon awakening over the course of a long, bad night is the setup at the beginning.
1: Okay, so you're not really getting any new information from the first movie like this is not a continuation necessarily
0: it's not it's we're not supposed like, to
1: believe he came from that experience into this
0: experience. sort of but I think what they did was they created a sequel, but it, it really is like a sequel slash remake, just because it's it's con- it's continuing on after the events. But some of the events of the first movie didn't actually happen, and so it's almost I don't know parallel universe uh, Like okay. that's not actually what it is, but it's <laughs> like that. It's like this is the movie that they wanted to make at the time when they made the first movie.
1: Okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, so there's really not like a logical continuation. In like. In in Spider-Man 1 through 3, take for example, you're supposed to believe those are consecutive events in some manner with some amount of time in between them. This is not that. This is is not.
0: It's not a sequel in any conventional sense.
1: Gotcha. It
0: is more remake than sequel. It's more like a remake that expands, adds different characters and situations, but ultimately it is a remake.
1: Gotcha. And then... Okay, if you have some history beti- behind two, I'll let you continue.
0: Well, not really. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot of the details about like what led to the production of two. Um, I know that the first one ended up giving you know most people that worked on the first one they got enough attention to kind of get jobs doing other stuff, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily noteworthy for most of them. Other than the Cohen brothers, who obviously are now like the bo- some of the most highly directed, <laughs> hi- highly regarded filmmakers of our time. Yeah, um, all thanks
1: to the Evil Dead one.
0: All thanks to it. Um, but yeah, when the second one came around, I, yes, there were, like, rights issues that are too complicated for me to understand about, like, just showing footage from the original in this one, um, but I think it's a better film for it, just, like, reshooting everything. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, it kind of gives you the whole setup in, like, three or four minutes. It's mm-hmm. all you need, really.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting, then, moving into... A also have not seen the third have you seen the third
0: yes the third one is evil dead or not evil dead it's a uh, army of darkness uh-huh. which has been fan nicknamed sometimes medieval dead because <laughs> as you know from watching this film it, at the very end ash gets sucked through a wormhole or something and transported to england circa 1300 a.d and this the third film i don't love it is far more of a like time travel slash fantasy movie, which I uh, wasn't crazy about. Basically, the plot is that Ash is now in the Middle Ages, and he has to help the, um, the people of this medieval uh, feudal community fight off an army of the Deadites, who are the basically also possessed by the demon spirit forces that were haunting the, the cabin in the first place. So the origins of them um, are there, and this Book of the Dead, which is like an ancient Sumerian artifact or something like that, um, awoke them in the Middle Ages also. So that's that's where the third movie plays. Like I said, I don't love it, but... It's it so it
1: weird to me how deeply seated that is in the second movie. Yes. Because it's so just different sounding. Like, number one sounds very plot heavy, especially relatively to mm-hmm. the second one, which I cannot emphasize enough. Barely has a plot. <laughs> like, it, it's the whole, like, you see a scene from the middle of the movie, kind of, it... it plays into the final shot of yes. of the second movie, which I assume is kind of the intro shot or the setup, at least, for the third movie. Yes, it is, yes. That just makes... It blows my mind, like, why you would do that because this movie is so... It just seems like a standalone, crazy, like, let's yeah. just do whatever we want movie, but then to have it so deeply intertwined with something that at least appears to be very plot-heavy and very, like... Yeah, like a... Fantasy epic type of hero's journey. And that's what it is. Story.
0: And I cannot emphasize this enough that this series follows no conventional rules of filmmaking, of storytelling, practically none. It does not obey any of the codified rules that were already well in place in the 80s uh. about how you structure a franchise or yeah. a series of movies. This movie, this series follows none of those guidelines at all.
1: That's so funny. It's very I, it's, strange. It's yeah. very very weird. There's just, it, it at least makes me feel better that at least on a meta level, this mm-hmm. is also just as weird and dissonant <laughs> as the second movie is. So I guess that I'll take comfort in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I like this movie the best. It's like uh, it's like the Godfather trilogy. The second one's the best. It's like <laughs> the, the middle one just happens to be. Or Star Wars for that matter. I think the middle one. You know, sometimes it's like it hits that point in the center where it's like we've got. You know, you got a very efficient setup because we are already, already pretty familiar with like what territory we're in, and then it's not doesn't need to necessarily wrap everything up with a bow. You can just be as you can just do whatever you really want here mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, I like that. I think yeah. it's uh, I think it's fun.
1: I'm glad that exists because I feel like so often sequels are just like the money grab. Like we oh, made yeah. this really successful thing, we're gonna just keep milking it, but. It's nice when they're actually like an improvement on the series. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, have you watched the show at all?
0: I have not seen Ash okay. versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. the, the TV series, but uh, do you I have am, any
1: interest since you like? I am. Series? I you am, am
0: interested in it. I'm a little curious because I do like Bruce Campbell, who plays mm-hmm. Ash. I think he is <laughs> so hilarious and yeah. kind of you know he's got a very unique kind of persona where he has. I I would argue he has leading man good looks, but he doesn't have for some reason he doesn't have it.
1: Yeah. He could he's probably like not. Too, uh, there's something just often quirky about him, but yeah, he's very handsome.
0: Yeah, and his physical comedy is amazing. Like, he's so good at physical comedy, which we will definitely discuss yeah. here. Yeah,
1: I wrote down Dick Van Dyke-ish. Yeah, Like, yeah. That's, he's that tall, lean, like, just throwing himself around the set. It was
0: mm-hmm, amazing. Mm-hmm. And he uh, has written a couple of books. Like, his, his, his autobiography or memoir, If Chins Could Kill... Highly, highly recommend. It oh. is very entertaining, and he talks a lot about the development of like the Evil Dead movies and how those came about and what the experience is like.
1: Oh, I Fascinating,
0: like that. very, you know, like very amusing. He's got a great sense of humor in person. Um, yeah, he's a, he is definitely a cult hero. Yeah, in, uh, I can see like that. he makes a lot of rounds at like the horror conventions and things like that, meeting fans and stuff. He's a he's an interesting cat for sure. Nice.
1: Have you seen him at Dragon Con? Have you I seen him have. in person? I never have. I
0: never have. I've only seen like videos of him, and he has kind of like a famously um, <laughs> crotchety and semi-combative relationship with fans, but really? actually, you know, does still go out to these events and does engage in like conversations with fans. Anyway, uh, like I say, he's an interesting dude. Um, and that book, If Chins Could Kill, definitely a good one if you are into like kind of who are the people that make these B movies. <laughs>
1: Who isn't interested in that? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, was there anything else that you wanted to cover as far as, like, how this fits into, like, the whole saga or anything like that? Um, no,
1: I just wanted to know, just, yeah. I think we covered it. I'm okay. so, I am we've, so... We've covered my kind of cognitive dissonance with why <laughs> this exists the way it does and where it fits into... Series which you think to be a very logical thing, but clearly is not
0: so I um, You know, we talked a a little bit about this when we discussed Shaun of the Dead as well, but um, I was really interested to discuss with you how the horror and the comedy elements interplay Mm -hmm. in this movie because again This is a real example of like this is a horror comedy the setup Like the early part of the movie is pretty straightforward like a horror movie Mm -hmm. It is Not necessarily a super scary horror movie in every respect, but it Mm -hmm. is set up as as a straight-up horror movie. And then as it goes on, partly, or I guess I would say, very uh, tightly connected to the idea that there is a strong possibility when you watch this movie that Ash might just be insane. Mm -hmm. He might have literally just killed his girlfriend with a chainsaw or something Mm -hmm. like that, and now he is losing his rabid-ass mind in this cabin over a couple of days. Um, you kind of start to get that feeling.
1: Yeah. But it before, definitely possible.
0: and before, like, you know, before that starts to get too heavy or whatever, the humor starts creeping in and it really kicks up a lot of conflicting kind of tone things that never seem to throw the movie off track. It mm-hmm. just enhances the experience. Like when he's fighting his hand, his hand becomes possessed. Mm-hmm. The, Headless body of his girlfriend rises out of the grave and tries to kill him with a chainsaw. Yeah,
1: does ballet first and then tries to kill him with yeah, a chainsaw. Yeah,
0: and they're fighting in a very small tool shed, and the chainsaw flies back and like cuts her body in half. But it's very obviously a really crude puppet, like, yeah. crude in more ways than one, but like not a particularly well made <laughs> yeah. puppet because
1: possibly claymation at certain points, definitely like,
0: claymation. Yeah, and it's such a weird sort of thing where like the effects are not convincing in mm-hmm. any particular way or for the most part mm-hmm. like a lot of the special effects are just cheap quick um, and done with like what was accessible which I find interesting because this movie was made a year after Labyrinth which we mm-hmm. talked about last week and Labyrinth Good has some of the most the most cutting edge puppets <laughs> yeah. ever and these are not the most cutting edge puppets ever in this movie that's at true all. but it's
1: like kind of comparing like I don't know, the money that the uh, later Star Wars uh, yeah. series got to the money that the uh,
0: original original yeah. Star
1: Wars got. Like, Not everyone can afford a Jim Henson production. Very,
0: very true.
1: But, yeah, I... Yeah, it's so strange. I realized, like... Well, number one, the effects at the very beginning, I think that's the moment that I was really drawn in when, like, they're talking about the book, and there's, like, kind of these ghost things and those mm-hmm. swirling, like, vortex thing. I need to rewatch it to put my finger on exactly what it was but something about those i just felt was like so compelling i yep. really liked how the how they animated the book and how like i i don't even know there was just a very like textural i partially practical but like you could feel the the practicalness of them yes. i felt like the science behind it it wasn't just like oh like we're going to I don't know, animate something, we're gonna CGI, it was, you could tell there were mirrors and puppets mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatever involved, and I really liked that. Um, I also, I didn't, for how like anxious I felt at certain parts of this movie, that like horror movie just stress, I didn't jump nearly as often as I expected to. And I kind of felt like they weren't, that was on purpose? Yeah. Like, something about the timing, I felt like it was purposefully offbeat. So, that the scares never got me the way that they might have in another movie.
0: Yeah, because there's really not any, there's like maybe one or two instances of what you might call a jump scare in this movie, but there's not much. Like, can, There's what? a lot of
1: buildup, I feel yeah. like, two jump scares that don't actually result in a jump scare. Or even if they do, it doesn't, it, it maybe hits like just a beat too soon or a beat yeah. too late, maybe. There's one time that I can remember like really jumping, and that's when the mom, like, jumps out of the cellar and grabs uh, the the dude in the overalls, Jake, yeah, Jake yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and like pulls him down. Like that, because I saw the trap door and I was like, oh no, and then she pops out and like that one got me, but that's, everything
0: else. That's one of my favorite kinds of scares in a movie, like, because you, as you mentioned, there's lots of like stressful moments, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to ask you more about what those were for mm-hmm. you, but the kind of jump scare where, or the kind of scare in a movie where there's a jump scare but it's not just a huh, and then that's it. It's like the jump scare, scare where that is the start of a sustained uh-huh. stressful moment. It's like a domino
1: it, scare, like that's it, yeah. when.
0: It goes this. from being just mm-hmm. quiet and tense to jump scare and now the jump scare is dragging somebody into the basement but yeah. you're trying to pull them out but she's yeah, still trying to pull and there's going and then you get sprayed with blood and all this other so stuff. So
1: much blood. Which
0: by the way, <laughs> yeah, um, um, Annie, I believe is the name of the girl who's trying to pull Jake out of the cellar.
1: The daughter of the professor. Correct. Yes, Yes.
0: and she gets drenched in blood, Uh and then one shot later, she's got like a little bit of red paint on her shirt here and a little (laughs) bit of red paint over here, and that's job
1: continuity. Yeah,
0: Um, but yes, I was curious. I I did want to know some of like what were some of the stressful moments to you? Like when you were watching it, what were the moments that stood out that had you tense?
1: Um, Well, there's the whole tracking sequence where the camera's just following him through the house and he's like slamming doors and like running through The first person of like the spirit
0: or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah.
1: which they go back to a couple times and that's always a little stressful because you're watching it like, you know, you see it coming at him, but there's like an extended sequence of him just Mm -hmm. like running through the house and you're just like, please just get away. Um, There was a couple moments where like you'd hear a noise or something and I'd expect it to like really scare me. Like the one I'm thinking of is when uh, the the like deer head comes alive yeah, and then everything in the house starts laughing so you hear it creak and then you it like shows the deer head and it like looks it turns its head around and mm-hmm. looks at bruce gamble <laughs> i expected that to be scarier than, like i heard the noise and was like oh no whatever like whatever we cut to next was going to scare me mm-hmm. but it just didn't and then the whole laughing thing felt like in a different movie that would have been so creepy and off-putting, but it was just, it was creepy, but it was also just like absurd. So it wasn't as like, just deeply scary as it could have
0: been. I refer to that scene where everything in the living room comes alive as the um, Nightmare Pee Wee's Playhouse scene. Because everything in the room is like laughing and that deer head is legitimately creepy looking and the way it moves, so creepy looking with like the milky eyes and Mm -hmm. like, And then what it builds up to is, you know, Ash in the middle of the room with every piece of furniture laughing at him, and he is laughing right back at them. And And I think that's the moment where anybody watching the movie is like, oh, it's that kind of movie, okay. It's like, again, one of my favorite, like kind of limited rare tropes in, in horror movies is when the protagonist, is like oh yeah you want to see crazy i'll show you crazy yeah. i can yeah. get crazy with i can get crazy like that
1: i think that is i think what sets this movie probably apart from a lot of B horror movies is how ash reacts with everything like instead of being i mean he's scared at certain points but he's just so over the top and like melodramatically tragic at yeah. some moments and then Crazy and totally like playing into the whole thing at different moments. Like, if he had played this straight, I think it would have felt totally, totally different. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have been quite the like absurdest yeah, thing exactly. that it was.
0: And especially, and I mentioned this earlier, but especially once you get to Ash versus his own hand, oh, which is yeah. so good, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so like, oh, that was brutal, but it's so funny. And then the hand is like making little noises and uh-huh. stuff. Very Adams Family.
0: Very, Yeah, very much so. And uh, you know, I, I, I again, I, I love the bit when he finally traps the hand with the knife. Yeah. And then he gets the chainsaw and he's cutting off his own hand and he's like, who's laughing now? Yeah. Who's laughing now? He's like, you little bastard. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I enjoyed it. And it, and uh, I, I was going to say, it looks like Bruce Campbell's having a lot of fun with this performance. He's not. Spoiler alert. Uh, Sam Raimi is notorious for torturing his actors, no. and the closer he is to them, you know, personally, the more he likes to torture them. So many, many instances. Yeah, where he was like, where he was basically telling Bruce, "Hit yourself harder, hit yourself harder." It's like I don't buy it. I don't no! buy it. Hit yourself harder. Um,
1: what a jerk.
0: Yeah, apparently that's what he does. And uh, the t- the scene where he has to. Uh, uh, the earlier scene where Bruce Campbell lands face down in the mud puddle. Mm-hmm. And he's, in, he's got his face in there for a long, yeah. long, long time. Apparently no. he had to do that a few times in the oh makeup, in the demon makeup, with his face underwater
1: a and few he,
0: times. And he's in uh, there for a really long time. And apparently Sam Raim was like, you weren't in there long enough. I didn't buy it.
1: Oh, my God. If you want to torture your friends, get into directing. And then you can just <laughs> do whatever you want.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: too funny. I yeah. almost makes it better did he like in his memoir was he not enjoying it or was it like you know what you're getting into when you're gonna do a film with uh, him both
0: he was very um, clear about the fact that he was not having a fun time on this set and it was made even worse when he you know would see that Sam Raimi was like smiling ear to ear like making him do this stuff and then making him do it again and hit yourself harder and keep your face in the water for longer and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it was pretty it's pretty clear that like he voluntarily went into it knowing what he was getting into but also he was not enjoying himself at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but all for, you know, uh, the, you suffer for your art and I think that it pays dividends in this case for sure. Yeah. Um Sam Raimi might be a bully on set but he definitely gets results. So Yeah,
1: that's it was a gem of a performance, just all of the like, no.
0: Yeah, and, um, very hammy, so great. very very so hammy. hammy. Um, and it's interesting because like he carries mm, probably about half of the movie alone, mm-hmm. and uh, playing against just like puppets and things like that. Not unlike *Labyrinth*, but um, but then once the other characters come in, it kind of slows things down a little bit. I feel like mm. like the other characters involved are almost not necessary. Like, they're not even really catalysts for anything cool to happen. You Yeah, I I feel
1: like they're only in the movie for, like, 15 minutes also. Like, there's not a lot of time with them there. Mm -hmm. And then they die off very quickly. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were just not that necessary. I was not a huge fan of Annie. I... No, she looked like
0: she looked like a stuck-up preppy. Frankly, I mean that was kind of the, the she vibe. She had this I was getting. like
1: clown grin for If you like saw her in scenes, <laughs> I think she had kind of an underbite, and so when she was like closing her mouth, it had this terrifying like <laughs> grin. And then yeah, she was just unpleasant for a lot of the movie. But I don't, she just was off-putting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And then like her boyfriend Doug or Dan or whatever his oh, name yeah, was. yeah, he was a nobody. He was a nobody. He existed <laughs> only to become possessed, which yeah. was fine. Um, kind of like Linda Kind of like Linda uh, Yeah, I mean, again it, this, this is such a scattered conversation Because it's kind of hard to keep it on track Because so much happens in this movie And yet nothing really There is no track, really this movie ha- doesn't even have a track It has no track um, But uh, yeah, were there any of I, I'm, I'm curious about some of like your favorite effects Because that is a huge part of this movie Is like the effects Because um, I, I mean Several stand out to me, and I am very curious, as your first time watching it, what you thought of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I loved the book transformation at the beginning. Can't even tell you why. I do need to go rewatch it and just, like, dissect why that was so— I just—it was riveting. I was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) I'm into whatever this is going to be. Yeah, all of the room turning into puppets and laughing, like, the ways that they all moved, that was pretty cool. Uh, what else? I thought the way they did the monster at the end, like that, mm, the one with final the giant monster. eyeball. Yeah, like it looked really cool. It was halfway between like a bad puppet and a really cool monster, and I <laughs> thought, you know, it was it was more on the really cool monster side. I did really like the monster makeup that they did here too. It was like, good. It was when very he good. was a demon. It was super cool. Some of the stuff they did to just like make people, you know, show them as their demon selves or the different ways that they kind of showed blood and different stuff on the actual actors. I thought they did a really cool, interesting Mm -hmm. job with that. What were some of your favorites?
0: Um, I love when he uh, shoots the hole in the wall and gets the gets the uh, gets the hand finally, Uh and then you see that little trickle of red paint blood, Uh and then it just becomes like this massive geyser of blood shooting out of the wall, which then turns into like black bile that gets sucked back into the wall. Like the amount of like weird colored fluids that they used in this movie, like all ever it all looks like paint like if they yeah. if you told me it was all just like temper paint i would believe it mm-hmm. like all the blood looks like red paint and then like black paint like the the black goop and the green goop and the yeah. blue goop like uh-huh. all of this stuff like it's a very this is a very splattery movie but not in like the slasher movie kind of way yeah. it's like it's definitely an example of violence that is too over the top to possibly be mistaken for anything real.
1: Yeah, I did, I thought it was hilarious. Every time you see blood, which is not a ton, but like, it does happen
0: not frequently. But when there is, there's a ton of it.
1: There's a ton of it and it's just comical. Like, either it's splattering super dramatically or, yeah, exactly, there's two different scenes at least. I might be forgetting like one or two more where it's, there's like blood, but it just turns into like a, a fire hydrant of blood. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he shoots the hand, and then the wall just spurts blood. And when the um, witch, like the possessed mom, whatever she is, uh, yeah. grabs uh, Jake, and just blood everywhere. Like there's yeah. no way he had that much blood in his body, just like spraying out of that trapdoor. It was so funny. Like I don't, I dread seeing like blood and guts in movies like this. It just like makes me squeamish. But it was. So funny! They really played into that like squeamishness. I yeah. felt like, and we're just like, "Blah! There's uh-huh. blood everywhere."
0: No, so, yeah. totally. Crack me up. Yeah, like I already mentioned the um, the scene. Oh, I I, I do. <laughs> I, I I guess the earlier scene where I, I, you kind of get a sense like, oh, this is that kind of movie is when Ash puts Linda's head in the vice in the shed and oh, he, yeah. he pulls back the curtain, and there's the chalk outline of the chainsaw. Yeah, which chainsaw. I don't know about you, but I put chalk outlines around all of the tools in oh, my obviously. tool shed. obviously,
1: how am I gonna remember where they go That's if how I don't I stay make like a, a bodied outline yeah. of them, yeah. like a crime scene? Um,
0: and then the headless body with the chainsaw busts through the door yeah. as a flailing puppet that yeah. is like hardly articulated at all, and then when the blood sprays out of that thing, it hits the light bulb, and yeah. that bathes the whole room in red light, which that was great. again, cool effects. And that is something mm-hmm. that I definitely want to uh, bring up in this conversation as well is the the effects are cheap, mm-hmm. but they are so inventive and yeah. really, really effective. Mm-hmm. In because like you get so focused on the very obvious stop motion animation, or this mm-hmm. is definitely a puppet that the you're strings almost,
1: attached to things yeah, as they fly through the air. That you're
0: almost not paying attention to all of the really cool camera tricks and editing tricks that they're doing. Um, I was wondering if any of those stood out to you.
1: I did, they do pull a lot of interesting camera tricks and I was like, hmm, this might be why Kyle likes this movie. But they do a lot of interesting tracking shots. I think they, in a lot of horror movies, it's a bad thing. I mean, horror and action especially, it's a bad thing if you can see the seams, if you can see Mm -hmm, the effects. mm -hmm. If you're thinking about them, then it's probably not executed very well. But I feel like this, and going back to the labyrinth, like you're supposed to wonder about it. You're supposed mm-hmm. to kind of look for those and appreciate them maybe, but yeah. yeah. The camera work is really inventive in the way that it kind of hides those seams or takes the place of a special effect. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing the demons every time, you're, you're seeing the camera as if you are the demon. Mm-hmm. You're doing this weird POV shot. Um, and there were some interesting shots that I felt like just set up that weird tone. Like they would, mm-hmm. I think there was a scene where everyone's freaking out once everyone's all in the cabin and it like pans up to some wood on the wall and then pans yep. back to the people and there's really no point to it, except for that you're just like, this is in a logical situation yeah. and this is so strange. But yeah, I thought that was pretty effective and it flowed really well with the whole effect that they were trying to pull off.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, in this conversation, we've gone this long, we haven't even mentioned the fact that by the end of the movie, Ash has a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah. Um, which I feel like that has become kind of an iconic image in its own right. Like yes. that is definitely like a thing. Like Ash with his shotgun and his chainsaw hand, um, just Ready going to battle. going to work. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And we're kind of getting close to the wrap-up period here, but uh, I did want to like, kind of make one final, kind of just to bring all of this together. I made the kind of analogy with uh, the punk rock thing with this movie in particular. Um, and I am glad that we paired this movie with Labyrinth, that this comes right after Labyrinth, because I feel like they have a lot of similarities in a big picture way. Um, because they're both very effects heavy, mm-hmm. they're both um, very unique and, and uh, uh, un- uncommon visions. But I think that the difference is like with Labyrinth, it's like a Rush record, you know, like the mm-hmm. band Rush. Mm-hmm. It's really inventive and unique, and it's made by people who are have like these exacting. Um, uh, 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 specifications that they need their their craft to be, mm-hmm. and they're, they're operating at the highest level of production, mm-hmm. and it's a very polished. Um, it's it's imaginative, but it's also very very polished mm-hmm. and delivered um, in a kind of a pristine package. Yes, this is more of like a punk rock record. This is more of like a Dead Kennedys record or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like they also have this extremely unique and uncommon vision. And they don't necessarily have the means to execute it at that other level, Mm -hmm. but they are using every asset available to them and they are making it work. Like they are like, it's an uncompromising, like, this is what we want to do, and I don't care if it looks bad, I'm still going to get my idea across. Mm-hmm. That is the, that I think that, like, on a big picture, that was something that I really latched on to when I first watched this movie, something that still I find kind of inspiring today. Yeah. That, like, these guys, that even though they were working for a studio, it's very obvious that they did not have a ton of money to throw at this movie. Right. But they use their their resources very effectively to create something that is just, wild and it's like it's not just the craziness that makes it special I think it's the fact that they were being legitimately inventive and creating something interesting
1: yeah I think similar to the punk rock aesthetic it's like the quality almost comes from the constraints like the creativity comes from the constraints it's not you never feel like it's a hindrance you feel like they are really they're maximizing everything they have it's not I never thought like, well, if they had had more money, like this could have been cooler. I see mm-hmm. what they were trying to do, but like it's it's almost like more money or you know better instruments, more skill was mm-hmm. never the question. It's like we are going to maximize everything we have at our disposal because it's everything like, yeah it yeah. Yeah, that's I think a great. Really yeah, they're not they're not switching, exact analogy. They're not
0: switching out guitars for every song. They don't have a 110-piece drum kit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not hiring didgeridoo players. Like this is right. four-piece band. They're not necessarily great at playing their instruments. Yeah. their voices are not that good. But they have a specific vision and they are executing it to the best of their abilities with what they have. And yeah, exactly. I um, to me that is something that I I love coming across. And I think that this is you know. A prime example of how that is not just restricted to like the musical medium. Mm-hmm. It's it, that, like I said, it's that do-it-yourself thing. Like, Every do what you can. Has it. Do what you can with what you have. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, wrapping things up here. I mean, anything else that we didn't talk about with this one that uh, you were just dying to talk? I mean, there's so much to say there's about this so movie. So much,
1: and it's so mind-bending. I feel like I'll be thinking about it for weeks to come. But. No, I think we covered most of the, the highlights for me. I would be so interested to see what other people... I want to crowdsource some opinions on this because I feel like it could totally miss you or totally like speak to something in your core that needs yeah. to needs that punk rock in your life.
0: Yeah, go to our Facebook page. If you've seen this movie, tell us what you think about it. If you haven't seen this movie, watch it and tell us what you think about it. Yeah. it's It's... I mean, probably don't watch it with Grandma, but this movie is, I, I, I think, like, you know. It's
1: totally you, unique.
0: If you are ready for, a thr- for like, a weird ride, like, not even a thrill ride, just a weird ride for 84 minutes or however yeah. long this movie is, I I, I I mean, I know where I stand, obviously. I, w- I would definitely recommend it. Who, who would you recommend this movie to, do you think?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I think anyone who has ever thought that they would want to make their own film, I would say watch this and just be like look what's possible exactly and um,
0: that and that was part of that, that I didn't mention in the punk mm-hmm. rock thing it was like in the same way that those bands made a lot of people think like oh yeah I can do that yeah. this movie I'm sure has launched a lot of young impressionable teenagers in the 80s and since then to think like yeah I can definitely do that
1: yeah and not just the Coen brothers right Um, yeah I would recommend it for someone who loves horror movies and maybe isn't super familiar with kind of the the goofy the campy mm-hmm. side of of horror is as more of a purist i feel like this this could be a really fresh take like you were saying in the 80s and maybe it's not possible that those people exist unspoiled anymore but if if you are a horror purist i feel like this like where the balance is so far into camp and out of horror mm-hmm. is would be really you would really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I I tend to recommend this movie to people who, um, um, the type of people who every October are like, I don't like scary movies, yes. but I like scary adjacent movies right. for Halloween. I'm like, well, have I got the movie for you? Because this yeah. movie is not really scary.
1: Yeah, that is definitely my aesthetic sometimes. I loved how much this movie did not scare me. Right. Yes, but yes. I still got to be in that kind of like, adrenaline-filled world, but not leave it feeling like, oh my god, I just like, you know, jumped out of my skin 12 times, or like now I can't sleep because I see some dead girl's face in my head. Like, no, this is perfect, this is right on tone. Good,
0: good, good, good. Sweet, so do you have a three sentence review for us?
1: I do. Uh, Sam Raimi's middle entry in the Evil Dead trilogy, plus now a series, is pure madness. The plot is minimal, moves at a breakneck speed, and frankly is not that important in the first place. Not too scary to make you laugh or too funny to give you the creeps. This one is Camp Horror with a capital K.
0: Nice, I love that. Awesome, so normally this is the time where I would ask you, Kari, what we have on tap for next week. But since next week is Halloween, Mm -hmm. we're doing something a little bit different. It's our Halloween special. And I know what you're probably thinking, listeners, Haven't we been doing Halloween episodes for the past month? And yes, we have.
1: As if you're fed up with it. Of course. Like, who isn't at home watching 31 Nights of Halloween? Obviously.
0: Um, But what's different about next week's episode is how we are picking the movies. Kari, take it away.
1: So, yes, we have shared with each other some of the films that we've seen, some of the classic Halloween horror, comedy, whatever, movies that we've seen. And we're picking from each other's list what we want to see most. Next week. So, uh, do you want to flip a coin, or do you want me to just pick yours?
0: All right, hold on a second. Let me uh, let me get my let me get my coin out of my pocket here. Classic
1: coin toss.
0: Call it in the air. Heads. And it's heads.
1: All right, well then I will tell you what I'm picking from your list first.
0: All right, great.
1: So from the options that Kyle has provided to me, I am going to select The Witch. The The v uh, Um I'm picking this one because it got a lot of hype uh, two years ago, one year ago?
0: 2015, I think, is when it came out. Okay,
1: three years ago, wow. Um, and yeah, I... The thing that I kept hearing about it was, like, it's the scariest movie where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm very intrigued by that. I feel like I'm just going to be stressed out for a full hour and a half or however <laughs> long this is. Dear God, let me not have just chosen a three-hour horror movie. <laughs> um,
0: a three-hour horror uh, movie where I nothing happens. Yeah,
1: I would die of, like, a heart attack. I I just I get so stressed out in these. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. Blog line, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to watch it.
0: Great, awesome. Well, I have chosen from your list, um, True to Form, a movie from the 1970s. That uh, you haven't
1: seen. Shocking.
0: Uh, but I have chosen Brian De Palma's uh, Carrie. Uh, Um, which is... Wait, you
1: aren't going with the uh, Chloe Moretz version?
0: That is... Oh,
1: no. Correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask about that because there were several movies on your list that I was like, these have been remade. I
1: know, I thought that with your list, too, but I was like, I'm pretty (laughs) sure I know which one.
0: Anyway, yeah, so I have been fascinated with the movie Carrie for a long time, even though I've never seen it. I've been really interested to watch it. Um, You know, I know it's... Based not only the first Stephen King adaptation, but based on Stephen King's first published novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's got a lot going for it that, you know, I'm really fascinated in, you know, unconventional horror movies for their time, mm-hmm. and uh, especially ones that made, like, a big splash culturally. So I'm really, really kind of fascinated to see... Quite a
1: splash. We will be talking about a lot of splashing mm-hmm. with this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, but yeah, so that is going to be our... Double feature Halloween special. Um, so if you're following along at home, buckle up. You got a week to watch two movies. You can do it. I've been averaging like four to six movies a week for the past oh, month, God. it feels like. So, um, but yeah, I'm very excited to have this conversation. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Spooky fun. Spooky fun. Too spooky for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Enjoy those films, and again, before we completely say goodbye for the week, be sure you uh, give us a rate, review um, yeah, f- for the podcast. Subscribe, of course. You want to always get updates whenever uh, whenever we got fresh material. And, of course, if you want to see more of what we're doing, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, at Seen, underscores between the words if you're on Instagram. But uh, until next week, I'm Kyle. I'm Kari. And... Uh, Happy Halloween.